0: All right, and welcome back to the podcast. It's been a little bit since we did the last one, I think about a month, which is uh, mostly my fault, but we are back here with episode 12. Uh, today, I'm excited to be joined by Peter Sanisiero, uh, who's got a really interesting story. Um, someone who actually has, this is a, your second round, Peter, at HFW, which we'll get into. Um, but I guess first and foremost, thanks for being on the podcast. Glad to be here. So, like I, we like to do this a lot, or when we start, when we first start off, start off, I think it's really interesting to hear, like the the origin story, if you will, of of your journey into machining. So take take us back to high school, and you know what you were doing then, and what your interests were, and then you know as you're getting ready to graduate, how did machining or manufacturing or the trades in general come to the picture?
1: It's kind of funny how that happened, actually. Um, my two best friends in high school, um, approached me one day and they're, they're telling me that they were signing up for BOCES to go to, um, to take the machine, machine shop course. Yeah. And and so I kind of felt left out. And (laughs) so I go, I want to do that too. We get to leave school halfway through the day and go to another school (laughs) and, and do and play with machines. I go, I go, I'm on board. So I ended up doing it with them and, um, it, and it really was from there is when I really fell in love with um with metalworking altogether. Um, it's ironic that neither one of those guys ended up being a machinist later in life, <laughs> and I was the one that was you know kind of dragged into it, and and I I kind of just became a machinist. I I wasn't sure what I was going to do in life. I I I wasn't really I wasn't looking at college. I I, I wasn't really you know like, you know a book kind of you know what I mean. Like yeah. I was, was more you know more of a hands-on kind of kid I used to like working on mo- bicycles and motorcycles and stuff like that so so I kind of fell into it and uh and it was a you know history I, I just I enjoyed it and it was it was fun I liked working with my hands and you know fell it all fell into place for me
0: I think that's that's something that you hear a lot you just someone it just like basically by chance you fell into it and then I think that's always the way it works right where you you were the one that ended up really liking it and going into it and what what your buddies end up doing um
1: unfortunately, one of my buddies ended up passing away in, like just after high school um oh, wow. in a, in an auto accident, and my other um, friend ended up going into the printing business with his family who all worked for a big printing company so
0: yeah which is funny because when when you when you first in, back then we were doing a lot of printing work and now obviously with uh technology and, and Evolution—it's changed a lot, and we're not doing much printing at all. Right. Um, but you see the the change, and uh, I think it'd be interesting too. As is, well, I guess this is kind of where we're going next too. So you've you've actually been in several different positions and across, across different parts of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, w- can you talk a little bit about that experience and and what that was like, and maybe uh what you've learned from each of your different stops, and especially because I think you you've had a different path than. Um, a lot of guys here. You know, most people um, tend to, yeah, you know, grow up or some some guys moved around a little bit, but for the most part, you kind of find your niche and you stay there. Mm-hmm. You've been you've moved all over, and I think it'd be interesting to hear a little bit about that. Sure.
1: Um, well, actually, like right right towards the end of my senior year, I actually landed a job in a in a machine shop, um, and what I did was I, I I just drilled holes on a Bridgeport mill all day long, <laughs> eight hours a day for um back then what 335 an hour wow and you know get making 120 bucks a week you know yes. <laughs> and and i did that for quite a while and then i and then i ended up um moving up to i got a job um i think i've made um, doing a little something different it's still in the same field like for five dollars an hour and that was a huge raise here you know, when i was 18 years old <laughs> i was like man so 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 that's kind of how i started out um but after uh Let's see, I'd say a couple years later, um, I went, ended up in the, in the sheet metal business. I was working for, um, a company called Denler metal products that they're no longer here, they're around, but, uh, in, in uh, Tonawanda. And I ended up getting trained on a CNC laser. Wow. So I was, I was running a CNC laser with a fan of control and it actually got, I I loved it. I got really good. I got really good at that machine and, and how it worked and it was really interesting. And I was just like thought it was so cool. Yeah. And um so I did that for I don't know, maybe a, a few years, three three, four years or so. And um that's when I made my step to come here to HFW. Mm-hmm. Um and I worked uh with Peter Klaus. Yeah. And me and Pete were the, um, the CNC lathe guys. And um, I was just amazed by the scene. That was like my first exposure to a CNC lathe and and Akuma at that. And yeah. um, I was just, uh, I was floored as I tell, you know, Pete, Pete was really knows his stuff. And, and, you know, I trained with him for a while. And I had a girlfriend at the time and um, she had, was just finishing her um, degree for teaching mm-hmm. and that's ha- and that's what started the me going down to charlotte yeah. because back then teaching jobs were hard to get in this area so she they were looking for a lot of teachers down in north carolina and she said you know she was in, more interested in moving down there and and i just happened to have one day i was here at work and i, I was looking at my book my manual and it's like said okuma charlotte north carolina mm-hmm. i go i go oh my god that's perfect yeah and i i went and i i um i called them on the phone and and they told me you know that i can send them a resume and stuff so i so that's how i sent them a resume and they responded, asked me if i can come in for an interview so i drove all the way down to charlotte (laughs) and you know got a hotel and the all the you know and i go for my interview i i so I pull up to the plant and I'm like, I was amazed just how beautiful the plant was. It was just like, it was just pristine. Yeah. And um, I go in there and I have my interview, which was a pretty long interview and stuff. And then they go at the end of the interview, they shake my hand and say, okay, well, uh, we'll give you a call or something, you know, they, <laughs> and it just seemed like, like I went to an interview around the block from my house, you know, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, walked out of there and I'm like, man, I'm like, I mean, that, that kind of stunk, you know, yeah. it was like, I was like, but by the time I got home, I think within a couple of days, they called me and made me an offer. And um, it wasn't long after that, I, I, um, I moved down there. And um, I remember my first day on the job that when I got hired, I got hired. They hired me as a mill, CNC mill, mill guy. And I ran three three big double column machining centers. And you had to keep them going at all, all the time. Wow. And it really wasn't machining to me it was it was really the japanese are just have everything so fine-tuned you you really can't mess with anything you, you can't make you know what i mean they they had complete control over everything so it really wasn't that it was more of a an operator's job to me
0: mm-hmm.
1: but but as i was saying it was my first day on the job i walk into the shop and they they told me oh oh, oh you got to go to human resources you can't wear that stuff in here you, you can't wear anything in that plant that doesn't see a kuma on it really you cannot wear any clothing that does not say a kuma on it so i had to go to human resource they had me a pile of shirts and (laughs) kind of like you did here to me and um and uh so i was like wow so they're 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 really really serious about their appearance and how they look too they always have customers coming through they they have like these long big bus golf carts that they drive customers through like (laughs) it was almost like you're at a, a safari or something you know what i mean and um so I did that. I I did the machine. I did that job for a while. And um, and they always had jobs posted where you could, you could, they, they believed with training within. So, so I ended up going, I go, well, I think I'd, i I want to learn how to run. They had an opening for um in, in the assembly department. So I, so I bid on it and I got it. And um, so now I'm out of the machine shop. I'm on the other side of the plant doing assembly, which I thought was super interesting. So, um, I end up on what they call the A line, and that, and that was a hand scraping line. Is where you're, it's like all hand work. Like it's like an art form. It's mm-hmm. like a, if you ever seen like a a fish scale pattern on on metal. Yeah. It, well, that's scraping, and 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 it's really intricate as uh as to what the reasons why they do that because it puts little tiny pockets in the in the in the parts that rub together. Uh-huh. Okay, any moving parts on the machine, it puts little pockets for the oil, a place for the oil to sit. So that there's not constant friction on the two mm-hmm. you know, mating parts or, or uh, moving parts, and it also creates bearing points. So it so that the, the cross slide on the saddle is actually riding on these little dots of, of contact. So so that gives the machine longevity and the wearing. Mm-hmm. So so I was on the line and I was scraping cross slides and gibbs for, geez, for like a year or so. I was at Akuma for like oh. Almost four years, mm-hmm. and I did that for a while, and then I moved on to uh, another another assembly line where they, you know, where they did the actual assembling of all, all the, you know, all the covers and all the everything, which made it look like a machine because most of them, you know, are just bare bones in the show, you don't even know. But they, it, it was a really just a crazy. Some sense everybody should see. It's just the Japanese manufacturing is just it was so fine tuned. It was just in, insane. It was it was cool. Yeah. And um so they had a, a a line, they they built seven lathes um a day wow. that went off the line. Wow. And and they had like a they had a, a moving line, but they would have to pull a you know a floor plate out and move it to the beginning of the line, and they would put a fresh cast bass casting on there, and they'd pull the finish machine off and switch the plate. But then they would play this like weird like melody music to tell the to everybody the line's gonna move and you better be ready. With yeah. what your part is, because uh-huh. there, there's going to be trouble. They <laughs> were very, very disciplinary there. Yeah. And um, so um, I just thought it was really neat how they just everything was like kind of clockwork. It's just there, there's really, you know, you never really seen any bad quality problems or and anything that needed to be addressed was always you had to get a Japanese person so they could be <laughs> the only ones that can make a decision. American people, no matter how high your position, could not make a decision on the product. Wow. Um, so it was pretty cool. So my final times there, I, my buddy who I became friends with was from Jamestown here. So he kind of clung to people that from New York State. When you're down, <laughs> it was like a melting pot of people It's from always all the over. way it
0: goes. Yeah.
1: And uh, he wanted to go into the rigging um, aspect of it. It was so going out in the field and getting to travel and go and do um, installations and stuff. Mm-hmm. So So he kind of went over there and he, talked me into like trying to get in in that area and um so I went over there with him and ended up I ended up going to almost every state in the country to do machine installation it was with a team like maybe five to seven guys would go out in the field and install these machines and um it was fun it kind of wore on me after a while it was a little it was a little bit but but the the Japanese really strongly believe if you're away from your family that they wanted you to be well taken care of when you're out, out of town so they give us like unlimited american express we could go eat wherever we wanted wow we could just almost unlimited spending i mean within reason right yeah but nobody really took advantage i mean but uh it was just crazy they put us in the nicest hotels we, we didn't have to stay at like just junky motels or anything they yeah it was all built into the price of the machines yeah so they, yeah. they they didn't they just figured they they wanted you to be happy while you're out in the field and not be bummed out and hating and you know so so i did that and then i was able to um go to imts i worked there in chicago for a week i did the installations oh, and wow. stuff in chicago That's and i did um west tech which was in los angeles mm-hmm. i got to do that show and um that was pretty much uh 'cause because so <laughs> so i ended up getting married with to my wife and and having a baby well what you in my my son was born in 2000 so um so it wasn't too long after he was born, maybe after a year or so, she, and my wife, started getting homesick. Mm-hmm. She wanted to come back, back to Buffalo. So I, I kind of followed her around, I guess. I, because <laughs> she made the decision, I guess, to um, come back. So um, I contacted um, another CNC uh, manufacturer up here, Stripit LVD. Mm-hmm. And um, I ran some strippet LVD turret punches when I was in the sheet metal business. So Strip-It strip it flew me here up up back up to Buffalo for an interview, wow. and and you know I stayed up here for two days. There I had like three or four interviews, and um, I got hired on as a field service engineer, mm-hmm. which I wasn't an engineer, but that's what they call. It. So they, they, I was in the CNC you know manufacturing business, so I was the best candidate for them to train somebody to learn how to fix the machines yeah so i did about a year of training in the factory um which was kind of actually difficult because they're a union shop but you i was exempt i was a non-union so i had to (laughs) depend on these union guys who did not want to train me yeah and what they did because it was just taking work away from them so it was a pretty rough world for me and that training aspect (laughs) and um so I went through my training process. I get my first job and I, and I didn't feel I was ready for it, but they, they told me you, you gotta, you gotta do it. We don't have anybody. You're gonna have to go and just wing your way through this job. So they, they, they fly me down to Virginia, Richmond, Virginia, into a company called Made, and they make air conditioning units for boats. Okay. So it wasn't the golf golf, the golf ball company, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I walk in the plant and the I, I meet the plant manager and he walks up to me with a strong Southern accent. And his first words were, you either get my machine fixed or you could start prepping it to get it the hell out of my plant. <laughs> Here I am, the first line of defense for strip it. I really don't know what I'm doing too much yet. And, and, and fortunately, fortunately, the job, the, what they needed done was something I knew what to do. And, and, and I was able to fix their machine. And I was so proud of myself like, yeah, could, you know, it's just like with, obviously with some support from back at the plane, you could hold back for tech support and stuff. Yeah. But I was able to get that machine fixed. And then I went on and did that for, for a while. And then there was a big slump in the market. Boom. Here I was at the bottom of the ladder and ended up getting laid off with, with a lot of people. There's that they, they, things really slowed down. in um, the early two thousands. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so I was I was laid off, and I ended up not wanting to do that type of work no more. I didn't want to. I didn't want to do the trail. I just got. I just. I just wanted to be in a shop again. Yeah. So I thought the best of both worlds was maybe going to like a machine maintenance type of field. Mm-hmm. So I ended up getting hired by all Gear, which is which used to be Westinghouse Gear Division. They're mm-hmm. a huge place. Yeah. Um, I ended up getting hired there, Hired there as a machine ma- maintenance mechanic. Mm-hmm. And um. I was only there for a short period of time, and I ended up getting handed the keys to be the the maintenance supervisor. They fired their supervisor while I was there. The the plant manager hands me a big ball of keys and goes. <laughs> You're gonna be the supervisor now. Literally
0: handed you the keys. <laughs>
1: they handed me the keys and said, "I'm the supervisor," and I was intimidated because these guys that were were the the mechanics and stuff that worked there, the guys I would you know was working along with, now I'm their boss, and mm. I, I didn't feel really comfortable because I didn't really want to tell these guys who know way more than me about these what they're doing there, tell them what to do. But I kind of we all kind of worked together and we we made it work and we, we all worked as a team. Yeah. So I, I did that for seven years. I was there. Wow. And um, they got bought out by Ultra Industrial Motion and Ultra Industrial Motion wanted to put their own management in. Yeah. So yeah. I got laid out of there, laid off out of there. Um. So that's when I started um wanting to go back into the machining field and just because I, I, I just wanted to be stable. I wanted to go to the same place every day. I wanted, to, I wanted to come home at the same time every day. I just wanted my day to know what my day was
0: going to be like. Right. And, um, so that's how that went.
1: So, so I decided I wanted to go back into machining. So, um, I saw an ad out for, um, a, a company called HDM hydraulics. They said right in their ad, they, you know, a lathe, I you was know, like, bam, I go, I'm going to go, I'm going to go try to, you know. I I went there for my interview and they they saw my resume. They said I worked at Akuma. They hired me right on the spot. They're like, "Man, we want you." They you know gave me a nice offer. And so I I ended up being there for eight years and I and I did really good at it. You it, it was a it was production machining and it was like, so it was really there was not a lot of gratification and maybe you were gratified like how many good parts you made in a day. Like they 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 wanted every they they were just very 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 driving very mm-hmm. fast paced environment. And it was kind of it was it's it kinda of tough. It was it yeah. kinda of tough at times and it, it really um it wore on me after a while. But then they so I started doing a lot of training for new people. So I did a lot of training with the the young guys and kids and stuff. So I enjoyed that. Yeah. Um I enjoyed teaching people, especially if they paid attention and they wanted to learn and, and I and I just loved sharing the, the information that I acquired over the years, you know. And to this day I still don't consider myself there is some excellent machinists at work here yeah you know i, I really look up to richard hendry he, he's the the guy is just so smooth <laughs> i mean I, I look at him and he's, he's like so relaxed and he just he knows his he knows his job and it's just like i'm like how is his his machines always running he's like at times you know but it's just crazy how he's just so relaxed about it he, i'm i'm always like i'm on a, on top of the machine kind of guy yeah i i like w- watching everything that's going on in there but he he's been doing it so long, and he's a journeyman, and he knows he knows his stuff, and he's comfortable with it. So, yeah. so I look up to him. And um, but uh, there, there's there's a lot of a lot of good machinists here, and um, so it, and that's what kind of brought me back here is um, the production machining. there wasn't really doing anything for me. I wasn't getting progressing any further. I knew how to make all of HDM's parts, mm-hmm. and, and the only thing that would be exciting would be a new revision on a part yeah. you know so it's <laughs> the same part just a little bit different you yeah. know so so it's just i started getting the itch and and i thought you know well, how perfect to you know i just figured i would contact pete pete klaus and um i contacted him and say hey you know you guys looking for any? he's like happened to, just happened to be looking for an akuma lathe guy. <laughs> Come in here for an in- interview and um yeah i got you know pete ended up hiring me you, you, your family hired me and yeah. um and i was grateful for that and um and i am really digging working here and um i'm learn i'm i i feel like a new machinist myself working here because this stuff is a lot more challenging here which i enjoy sometimes nerve wracking yeah. but yeah and that takes me to mike okie. mike okie has a very calming way about him. He's like i got to say he's one of the best supervisors i ever worked under. Wow. And he he's super smart but he's super relaxed and he do, he makes me relax cuz if I have ten- someone bringing that attention to me, then it kind of gets me and gives me anxiety, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, Mike just, he just really, he appreciates me. He tells me he appreciates me. He makes me feel good about myself. And he's just hes just a good leader. And he's got a lot on his plate, but he always seems to find the time for me and, and helps me, even if I, any questions, he just makes me feel relaxed. Wow. And that's huge for me. Yeah. Because I do have like some anxiety problems, but... Yeah. He's awesome. So, wow. and I just, I feel I finally found a job that I really just want to finish my time here. Wow. You know, if, um, you know, that that's the way it is. <laughs> yeah. I just like being here and I want, I'm looking forward to learning more. Wow. And, and, and just moving on. And, and, and I see a lot of young up and coming machinists and I know how the, you know, how the business is take, taking a turn. There's like nobody, just, it's really hard to find people and, when I worked here before back in the late nineties, this place was full of old school, great machinists. said I was like, I was super intimidated my first <laughs> round here. I forgot to say that, yeah. you know, I worked with Pete kind of took me under his wing and we were kind of like our own little thing, but I looked around this place and I go, Oh my gosh. I couldn't believe the size of the machines. I'd never seen lathes that big yeah. in, in, in machine and, you know, the mills and stuff. And I was just amazed how, you know, that, that how how complex machining could actually get, yeah. And um, so that 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 was a that was definitely a, a curve for me. But now nowadays I see that that crowd thinning out and retiring, as you had mentioned, yeah. And we both know, and um, I um, it's just it's kind of sad for the industry because machining could be a very gratifying job. Yeah, I mean you can. Like a guy like me, I didn't go to college, but I'm making money that, that you know, college graduates aren't, aren't even making yet, you know. And it's it's something that's good for, you know,
0: kids that maybe school isn't the best thing for them.
1: And well, it's maybe, such a misconception,
0: know, too. Huh? It's such a misconception, too, just it, that, well, like the pay thing is one. Yeah. Um, and,
1: but the knowledge and the things you learn and it's like you get to work with your hands I like, I like here working in a job shop now, like making one or two parts. I want them parts to look great. And I, and I really like, so that's the the challenges that I see that I have here is making that good part. The first time you had to really try to strive to make sure that, you know, that part is good because yeah. the materials that we work with here are, are, you know, there are a lot of exotic metals we work with in here and stuff. So yeah, really be careful. And, and that's, um, that's one thing that's a, like, that's where I'm really starting to learn and how to, how to hit that, hit that target on the first time. Yeah. So at HDM, they would give you a setup piece. So I got a practice piece, <laughs> you know, so you, you tune it, tune all your offsets and get everything t- tweaked in. And yeah. then your first part's going to, you know, then you work go from there. Yeah. So here you, you, you got <laughs> to hit, you got to hit it, you got to hit it and you got to, you know, do it in a timely manner because, you know, the company is here to make money and it's like, you know they want stuff done in a timely manner because then no one's you know it's not beneficial to either you know a party, so
0: yeah, I mean you touched on so many great points there, and I think that um it is a different environment, I think like the production shop i know there there are some guys that just thrive in that environment, mm-hmm. um but I think what I've also heard from the guys that work here and 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 obviously, I think you kind of echoed these points and um obviously everyone here is biased, but just the fact that I've heard from so many guys that they like the variety of the work and um, it keeps your mind engaged and um, you're coming in, you have a new challenge every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, like you said, there's an added element of, um, you know, the, the margin for error is a little bit less, but um, that's where the supervisor comes in helping you. And I mean, it just puts such a smile on my face what you said about Mike. I think that's exactly what you want in a supervisor.
1: Mm-hmm well he yeah mike never lets me let lets me get too down on or get 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 you know like if i got like stuck on some mike's always there to you know and it's so funny how natural some of these things come to him because he's like you know he's he just he, he just knows his stuff and he knows like every machine in this place and it's just like and he's like younger than me but he's <laughs> but he knows his stuff and he's and he just he's just all around a good guy and i like working with him
0: well it's something too i think he was on the podcast uh just a little while ago and and you know, he mentioned, and I'm I'm hearing it from you too. I think there is something to be said about moving around a little bit too. Uh, he he mentioned he traveled the world with his dad, working mm-hmm. for Ford and moving all over the world. I think um, you learn, especially especially when you're younger, you learn what you like, you learn what you don't like. You yeah. know, you mentioned with like the travel. I think that's it's good to do, especially when you're younger and you can do it, and yeah. um, you know, you don't have as many responsibilities. It's uh, it, and the pay's usually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you you learn. Hey, it is nice to be able to come home at, or, or leave at 430 every day and, and be home. And, um, and I'm a little jealous of you, cause I know you said you live right around the corner, so you're at home at 435 and, you know, that, that's, there's something to be said for that. I think, especially as you, you get older and you like to have a little bit of a routine. And, yeah. um, I think that's something we're trying to embrace here is make sure that we have that kind of environment. And, um, you know, we still have, I, I, I'm always, you mentioned the Japanese, obviously working with Akuma and Um, I've studied the Japanese a lot with Toyota, which I know I've brought up before. So I won't bore people to death with that discussion, but I just like, there's an interesting thing. I think the Japanese make sure they take care of their people. Um, but there's, there's kind of like a, it's a two way street. They, you know, they expect a lot like you, it sounds like that was kind of your experience, but they make sure they take care of you as well. And I think that's, that's somewhat similar to what we, we have here. We don't want to be, um, like I know with as we're working through trying to hit the hours and stuff on jobs, like that's something, um, the better we can do that, you know, the more money we can make and the more we can invest in all of our people here and everyone here and make sure that we can, um, offer, you know, all these increasing benefits and compete with like, you know, the companies, the big sexy companies that everyone wants to go work for. Oh Um, I think that's been a big focus and, um, I don't know, I know I'm biased, but I try to really, preach that uh, you know a small business i think can offer a lot in terms of just that comfort and you know who you're coming in and working with and you know it's not just this big corporate face it's you know like the people around you you can walk upstairs and talk to anyone and yeah just the environment i guess i
1: I do enjoy the family atmosphere here too and it, 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 it it does it that's exactly you're exactly right on how it is here it's like you know everybody here like and I never have anybody like anybody, I never had anybody like scold me or any, it's just everybody's super, super decent. I get treated like a man here. Yeah. No, and I was at the other shop. I don't want to talk bad about other stuff, but yeah, you did a lot of, you know, a lot of correction going on. I do not say, you know, you know, people are getting yelled at and, you know, what's what's going on? What are you doing here? What, what are you doing there? You know, it, it, nobody wants to go to work. It, and and be treated like that, you know. Yeah. And here at HFW, you, you just get treated like a man, and and that's and I like no one ever, no one ever gets. On, I mean, what's what's going on now? Never. They, I mean, they let me do my job, and then you you know, and we go from there, and, and it's great. It's just I do my own thing, and I'm, and I'm independent. Yeah, and and I enjoy it, and it's um. And it's constantly a, a different. You never know what you're going to get. Yeah, you know, never a job. So it's kind of challenging, and kind of exciting too. You know? yeah.
0: Well, it's good getting that feedback too, and I think that, um, I, I think that's one of the things we talked about. We're losing a lot of experience with people retiring, um, which is you know, and that's the downside of it, and that's tough, and that's something that we're obviously actively trying to combat. And you know, now Mike, I know is uh got his hands full because he's got a lot of young guys, and I think they're gonna work out, but it's like when we have all new guys all at once, it puts a lot on him to oh, yeah. try to train everyone at once he's got a lot of patience
1: oh he, i know, he, he I, does know. I don't know how he does it <laughs> and, and you know and he and he's really calm and he's like i said he's it's it you know i have only seen him like just upset but not mad just like I've seen him like to get upset about somebody he doesn't he doesn't carry that out into the shop he you know what I mean and he's and he doesn't doesn't you know make people feel bad because something happened. He's like, because he's like tells you, you know, things things happen. Yeah, and 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 don't get down on yourself because it's going to happen again. Yeah, and but um yeah, I just do. It's just um, I just like working here. It's 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 actually. One of the better jobs, one of my favorite jobs now. At work, and I worked here before. It wasn't my favorite job before. I'm not gonna lie, it was intimidating here before. Yeah, I was yeah. a little nervous, you know, nervous and stuff. You know, I was young. You know, I seeing like all these guys know way more stuff than me. <laughs> and you know, every day, even even being later in my career, I still learn stuff every single day. You know, and you know, the, these some of the younger kids coming up got to realize this. This is a lifelong learning experience. <laughs> Every blueprint's going to be different. Every part's going to be different. Every, materials are going to be different. Methods and different things—it's just always changing and evolving. Mm-hmm. And equipment and all—you know, the whole, the whole nine yards—is it's always changing. So no one's just going to learn their job. That's going to be the that unless they go into a production environment and they're doing the same thing every day. And if that's if some people like that, yeah, I, I'm I like I like to change the yeah. difference. You know, Well,
0: that's reassuring because I'm kind of in the uh that younger phase Um, and it's frustrating when you don't you know like you like i I walk i hear you talking with peter and you guys have been well you guys have you know almost 50 years of experience combined or probably maybe even more yeah and and i've got like a year and listening to like like it's just it's second nature to you guys and i'm trying to gain that knowledge and it's a lot slower of a process but understanding that it just takes time to develop yeah it's, it's
1: it's um it's a big. It's it is. It's it's a big learning curve. Um, especially the you know, it really amazes me now being a CNC a CNC machinist is like, I think about back in the nineteen forties and the nineteen. Yeah. You know, back when they when everything was made by hand, like every, on a manual lathe. Like mm-hmm. you say, you you know, like we're in a production environment. You got to make three thousand of something.
0: Yeah,
1: it's just insane how how. The, you know how the workmanship and how people just managed they met man- that's what they had that's all they had to work with and you know look at our you know where, where we are now yeah like i mean some of those old times way back in the day seeing a cnc lathe it would blow their mind <laughs> I know. you know
0: you can only imagine if they were doing pretty good numbers Then what they could produce now with the, the help oh, of sure. that
1: it'd be but, crazy yeah but it, everything is like a lot more a lot more math and a lot more you know they're trigonometry is like i think back in the day when i seen pete pete klaus uh do to a, a trigonometry um problem which i was never really good at in high school <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know and then and i just was like whoa you know i was like well yeah you know, we do trig now and stuff like that it's like <laughs> so but it, it was it's just it's just really crazy
0: like how things have changed it's funny because i've heard a bunch of machinists tell me they're like yeah i was i was not good at trig and and high school, but now I I can just do it like on top of my head. Like it's, it's nothing.
1: Well, when you apply it to something that you puts a reason to it, but when you're in high school and you're (laughs) 16 years old, you go, what do I need to know that for? This is stupid. I don't, you know, know I don't need to know any
0: (laughs) angles. (laughs) Well, so I I think you've touched on this a little bit, but you know, based on your experience, what, what advice would you give to a a guy? And there's a bunch of them on the floor now that are just coming into manufacturing or, or machining in particular uh what what would you tell those guys who are just starting out their careers
1: um rapid override is your best friend <laughs> <laughs> to be to to just not never get down on yourself um never never feel discouraged because that's what uh, and i'm I'm saying from my own experience that you know I used to go oh, these guys are so good, I'll never get to be that good I'll never mm-hmm. you know and that's and that. You got it. You got it. You got to really just like take it in strides and, and just and just continue. It's a continuous learning curve and, and coming up and being a machinist. It's 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 always there's always stuff you're going to learn. Like I said, even the older guys learn, learn stuff every day. Yeah. But never to get discouraged and, and be and, and to be careful and safe. Um, I said like I said the, the rapid override, you know, w- prevent you from having a machine crash, which mm-hmm. is detrimental to the company and, <laughs> you know, any, and or possibly someone getting hurt.
0: Right.
1: Um, especially, you know, obviously on the CNCs. Um, but just take your time and, and and try to, you know, learn, learn. From, and, and when you make a mistake, don't get down on yourself about it. Cause, cause you learn from it. And, and next time you get that come, like I've learned it so many times, I can't even count. Like when I come to a job, I, where I made a mistake, I get that job again. Now I know, I know what I did last time. I when I, I I need to correct that this time. You know yeah. what I mean? And and not to make the same mistakes twice because that's the worst thing. Yeah, I think the best thing is to learn from your mistake, move on from it, and don't make it the next time. Well, I think and that's if it exactly happens. Mentality. It happens, but still, still, you you know, you just got to keep trying.
0: Yeah, I think that's exactly the mentality. Like I'm trying to make sure that we all keep in mind too. Is obviously we're with the young guys and with, um, you know, being, I think, uh, um, being short staffed at times it, we're getting frustrated and and obviously mistakes are being made, but the lesson I think, especially for anyone, but especially for the younger guys too, is as long as we're learning and we're saying, okay, why did this go wrong? And what, what are we taking away from it and how do we improve in the future? uh, I don't think you can, as long as you're, you have that mindset, I think that'll, that will lead to success for everyone. I think right. that's kind of the mentality that you have to have.
1: Yeah. You, you got to learn and move on. And it's like I said, guys, you get down on yourself and stuff. You're, you're guaranteed to make that mistake again. You yeah. just really got to try to like get over it. And I, and I know from experience, cause I, I, I can be that nervous guy. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you know, yeah, it's like, I'm right oh, man, you. I get down on myself. Like I make a mistake. Like uh, I, I take it to heart and, yeah. you know, and it, you know, sometimes it, it could be good or it could be bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but, the mentality um, is everything. Yeah, it is.
0: So I guess we've talked a lot about work today, which has been really interesting to hear about. I mean, I, I knew some of the story, but even just I didn't know, like traveling and uh, going out and doing the field work. That was, that was something I didn't even know. Mm-hmm. Um, but getting into, I guess, a little bit more of the personal stuff, uh, who you are as, as a guy, Peter. Uh, when you're not at work, what what might someone find you doing? What are your, your interests, your hobbies or um, what do you do when you're not clocked in?
1: I really like the outdoors and, and I like, I like, you know, uh, I'm a, I'm a, um, hunting, fishing, camping kind of guy. I like doing, I like working on my, my pickup. I like my, I had, yeah,
0: you, you got know, a nice truck. My truck. <laughs> I,
1: I like doing, you know, modifications to my truck. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like, I just like being outside. I like, I love camping. I was just in the Adirondacks, um, a couple of weeks ago and, um, I just love being outdoors. It, it, that's more of my thing. Yeah. And also growing up in the, back in the nineties, I was going to tell you, um, I, I was, a, um, I've been play. I'm a musician. I okay. was a, a working musician. Oh, wow. okay. So I played in a, um, a, a band, A, ironically, no pun rage against the machine tribute <laughs> band. Nice. All right, so we were a working band. So I was doing that a couple of times a month playing out. And, um, I did that for a long time. So What's the best you rage might... song? I'm
0: sorry? What's the best rage song?
1: What's the best rage song? Yeah,
0: if you had to pick one. Mm,
1: I have so many. Um, so many. I think of one, ones I like to play that probably like some of the ones that the people, most people would recognize on the radio, like uh, maybe like Killing in the Name or something. Yeah. And people really get pumped because they have a lot more people out in the audience heard it. Yeah. And so, but it, it that was probably my one of my favorite ones. Okay. Well, you know any, Rage?
0: Oh yeah, know a lot. Yeah. Um, let's see.
1: And being a bass player it was really great for oh, me. Oh, you bass too. I'm the bassist. Yeah, so, oh, so, I, I, I really like because they're really pronounced in that band. You know, yeah. you're not in the background. Yeah. You're, you're up front. You know, there's one guitar and one bass. As if that really was a fun because I had to keep you know fill that void where you know you know, rage recorded album. They did that in a studio. So they had backup guitars under that. Yeah. But, um, that's what I did. I know Pete Klaus knew because I was playing when I started back in the day, <laughs> I had long hair when I started working here and Pete still makes comments, like, fun about it. But, um, but that, yeah, that's, that, that's about, you know, what I, what I like to do. And I still, still to this day, I just like strumming on my acoustic guitars and nice. I like to play and stuff. I don't play with a band. I'm, I'm too old for that. <laughs> I can't, yeah, I can't stay up past like 9.30, you know, (laughs) some of the, some of the shows we played, we didn't go on stage at like a midnight, one o'clock,
0: Oh my god! I can't even stay awake, I'm like,
1: (laughs) we did a couple reunion shows like a few years back and stuff, it was pretty fun.
0: That's really cool. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm, like I told you, my favorite era is probably like 1990 to 2004, which is Exactly in line with Rage's Peak. so yeah, they, definitely one of the bands. That's I love why you, when you yeah. said that, I like, I started to laugh, with like the grunge era. And yeah, all I love grunge. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Um. Well, I guess I guess I know why we get along now between <laughs> it being outside of music too. That's yeah. Both, I mean, I could echo those thoughts. Yeah. Um. So we've talked a lot about the past, but looking forward, I guess more toward the future. Um. What gets you excited? What's a dream of yours? And um. Yeah, what are you passionate about? I'm
1: I'm passionate that, I re- well <laughs> something I really have been sort of striving for it like lately is like I, I'm looking for a, for a, a house. I want I want to get a house and you know with with a little bit of land and stuff mm-hmm. that I have you know I have a four wheeler and stuff that you know um, that you know I had gone through a divorce not long ago and um, I just want to get my life back on track on on that aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that that's that's been something uh, like a, a dream of mine is to have a you know a house with with some land that of my own that you know I can do my own hunting on my own property and and um, and that kind of thing and and obviously to keep progressing in my career yeah and um, as it stands right now I I, I plan to retire from here mm-hmm. and um, and that that's how it goes I just I just want to keep going and. And help help other people along. So mm-hmm. you you guys have a good crew, you know. When when I retire, you know, yeah. I hate to think, wish my, you know, age away. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, but yeah. um, yeah, I just um, I just look forward to just keeping on moving and machining and
0: staying healthy. That's great. I mean, and that's um, you saying that I think is is the greatest compliment to HFW. It makes us. I mean, I, I truly think that our our great uh, every I think most businesses say something along the lines of our greatest asset is our people, um, but we really I know like we we really try to act on that and, and and because it's true in our case like right our our essentially what we are is built on our knowledge and our and the skills of our our the great men and women here and i I, I think what I've realized is the better we can treat our people and the you know the, the happier our people are. Um, ultimately the happier our customers will be, which just becomes this flywheel Right, just everything, Yeah, every, everyone, you know, the more customers you have, the more money you can make in theory. Um, And then the more you can uh, keep your uh, employees happy, uh, which then keeps your customers happy. It just becomes this, this self-fulfilling prophecy that uh, I think if we can do that and that's what we're trying to do, I think, I think the future is very bright.
1: Yeah. I, I want to, I totally agree with that. And I, And our, and our customer base here, they're all heavy hitters, you know, we, yeah. we got some really big customers here yeah. that are like, you know, that are names that everybody knows, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and it is important to keep that customer happy because what, what, when things are, you know, they, that work that we do can be taken away just as easily as we have it. Yep. And we have a very special, you know, we have a special shop here. We do stuff that people never even heard of, you know, yeah. like the hard facing and stuff. Yeah. And, um, people don't even know what it is. Yeah. And, um,
0: but, just, but we all rely on it, too. Yeah. We all, all Everything we're producing, we all rely on to live the lives we do.
1: Yeah. Like, everything it, it comes right back. You know, like, yeah, we, we have that um, poster with yeah. all the things that, you know, like, hey, this is stuff you work on, which is pretty cool. Yeah. You know, it's, everybody can relate to that.
0: Well, yeah. and I, I think... Um, That's something I always try to emphasize too is because I know, so being, you know, that we do industrial work for, you know, big industrial clients, I think sometimes it can be hard to understand, okay, what is our work being used toward? Mm -hmm. Uh, But we are like, it. we, the companies we work for um, literally make the products in the, the sources of of energy that we all rely on mm-hmm. uh, as a society to live on every day, you know, are literally you have to plug your phone in. Right. And that just the materials in the phone, what you're plugging the phone in, I mean, everything, your, your car, uh, everything. Um, and I think that's something we just try to emphasize. And, um, and then also I think just the reputation HFW has, um, you were just visiting a customer last week and um, almost every time, a customer either comes in or we go visit them, they rave about HFW and particularly the employees and the high quality. And so I think that it's a testament. I mean, like you just said, those are some of the largest companies in the world that are, you know, HFW, this this business, you know, at the end of Philadelphia Street in Buffalo has this really great reputation among some of the biggest and best firms in the world. And I think mm-hmm. that's all because of the the high level of skill that um guys like you have so i just want to emphasize that because it, it always blows me away every time we go visit customers they they always they we don't even add they bring it up they're like you know you guys are amazing we love working with you and um i'd say i'm not not even just i mean nine times out of ten that's what we hear from them so that's just a, a testament to the great work that guys like you do i
1: well, think that's great that's great to hear and that's that's positive for our future right Here. yeah and um and I know, like I said, like some guys, like every, every job is for, you know, people have their, what they have an idea is of, of the perfect job. And, and so, you know, and I, and I know some people, some people don't like to work at places and some people do like to work at places, but this place suits me well. Yeah. And, and, and that's why I really want, like, you know, I I like this job and I like the people here. Yeah, you know, everybody everybody here is is just decent people and you know i haven't had any bad experiences being back here with any any individuals really just you know what i mean it's just it's just um i just don't mind coming to work at all and i do my thing and the day goes by you know really quick you know you're you're thinking all day and you're you know you're 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 you know just busy then and, and when you get done you and you look at the clock. You're, oh my gosh, it's almost time to go home already.
0: <laughs> I have that experience every day. I'm yeah. like, dang, it, I want to get this done. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. So, I mean, that's that's how I feel about it. So,
0: that's awesome. I mean, we've covered so much today. This has been just a really great conversation. I've learned a lot um, about who you are, and, and I think um, what a really cool trajectory you've had in your career. And hope and I'm glad to hear you're happy now, and we certainly want to keep it that way. Mm -hmm. uh is there any any last things you'd like to add any any uh shout outs or anything like that you'd like to make you made a couple already but any last parting words
1: um i i really i really don't i i can't think of anything that i that i I haven't covered but um like i said i'm just um happy to be here and um look forward to the future Mm -hmm. and the the company growing and and me growing with it and And that's about all, man. (laughs) Awesome. Well,
0: thank you so much, Peter. This has been a great episode. We're happy to have you. And we look forward to a bright future. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it.